Okay, let's see if I even remember the words. Welcome to the Fedora Podcast, a proud member of the Destination Linux Network. This is, uh, um, well, I guess this is just the nebulous episode I'm going to call This Year in Fedora. Today, I've got Matthew Miller with me. He's going to talk about what happened this year in Fedora and what he sees for the next year. I meant to release this earlier, but as usual, I've been constantly busy and once Christmas break finally rolled around, I got sick. So it's kind of a late Christmas present. Merry Christmas. Hi, Matthew. Thank you for coming on to the Fedora podcast, especially on kind of really short notice. Oh, I'm happy to do it. And it's short notice, but I've been telling you I would do it for a long time. So uh, now's the time. Awesome. So I'm sure that like 90% of people who are going to be listening to this know who you are. But for anyone who doesn't, who is Matthew Miller and what do you do in Fedora? Uh, so, yeah, uh, I am Matthew Miller. Um, who am I is kind of like an existential thing. Um, I'm going to just skip right to the what do I do part because that's easier. Uh, maybe I'll come back to the who am I. Uh, I am the Fedora project leader, which is an interesting position. It's paid for full time by Red Hat. So I get to do this, you know, full time. And then I tend to do it more than full time as well because I love it. Uh, I came into Fedora from you know, the Fedora community outside of Red Hat and got hired to work on Fedora Cloud stuff long ago, and I've been Fedora project leader for like seven years now, um, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, and what Fedora project leader means, uh, I am not anybody's boss, like I'm not a manager at Red Hat or anything, no one, in, no one reports to me, and then because it is a volunteer project overall, I don't, you know, lead by telling anybody what to do. I lead by listening to people and trying to figure out what everybody is saying. And we have got a lot of different conflicting ideas and thoughts about how to you know, make Fedora and what Fedora is, and basically try to help us come to a cohesive understanding of those things so we can get stuff done so we can make you know the Fedora mission happen. That's basically my job. Yeah, a shorter answer probably would have been, what don't you do in Fedora? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, then who am I? Um, I'm a human being trying to figure out how to, you know, live in the world and play with fun stuff and make technology useful and beneficial to people because that's one of my passions. Um, you know, and also have a life with my family and have some hobbies and, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, we're all glad that we've managed to steal as much time of as much of your time as we have. <laughs> Thank you again. So we're here to talk about what happened in 2021 with Fedora. But before we get into specific Fedora stuff, what happened this year that you are most excited about? So I think just the energy in the Fedora community that continues to happen throughout you know, COVID times is amazing to me. It has been sustaining to me personally to see it. When the lockdowns and everything happened, I was very concerned that it would be basically, you know, it's a lot on people's minds and everything. And I was, you know, for a lot of people, Fedora is, although 
important, you know, kind of an extracurricular activity, something on top of everything else. And it felt like, okay, it's going to be understandable if people's ability to do things on top of everything else is reduced. And actually, it's turned out that uh, we've seen more energy, enthusiasm, and everything that people have poured into it. I think it's partly because, you know, we are an online community of friends who support each other, and we have those... Uh, we've been doing, you know, virtual everything for 15 years. We know how to do this stuff. We know how to do virtual meetings. We know how to organize work where we're collaborating, you know, all working from home globally. So we know how to do it and um, we kind of can set an example for people how to do those kind of things and also to have fun while we're doing it. So during this difficult you know, time in the world, we've just had a lot of energy and growth in Fedora contributor community and user community. And that's really awesome to see. So I think that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah, I think that's even my story is just with COVID, we're already here. We can spend a little bit more time on Fedora. <laughs> yeah. Could you give me some examples of what big things happen in the Fedora world this year, specifically in the community? Yeah. Uh, so I think you know, the virtual thing is a big, big story. And we had, we were hoping, you know, we had, we normally have flock to Fedora. That's our contributor conference um when we had to cancel that uh, you know last year we changed it to nest with fedora kind of a cutesy stay at home nest together thing and that was a huge success um and we'd hoped that that was a one-off but we had to do it again um and you know I, I maybe i'm pessimistic about these things but i had kind of felt like we made it happen the one time but it was unique the second time, are people, is it really going to be feel like a chore? Because I've been to a lot of virtual conferences, no offense, other virtual conferences during this time, and a lot of them have just felt like, well, now I've got another all-day meeting on top of my other things I'm doing. This isn't fun. This isn't a conference. This isn't like anything special. Uh, but Nest, really, we, it, it again managed to be that thing, which is, you know, bringing us all together and energizing everybody. Um, I'm really excited for when we can finally get together in person again, but I really feel like that, uh, yeah, that community coming together still happening. Uh, and related to that, uh, the Fedora, like Nest and Flock are really kind of meant to be contributor conferences, but we actually had a lot of people who were, you know, more, because there's not nearly so much of a barrier for a virtual conference, we had a lot of people who were kind of more on the edge, kind of curious about being a Fedora contributor, getting more involved, who were able to come to Nest, who couldn't come to Flock in person. That's too big of a commitment, too big much of an expense, that kind of thing. Um, so we'll have to figure out what we do in the future. Um, but we also are had release parties, which were um, definitely meant, meant to be user-focused, where we show off, you know, as contributors, we're going to show off what we did and kind of invite a user audience, you know, and of course the contributors. We don't have a very solid line there in Fedora. It's kind of special as a project where it's one big Fedora community, but basically everybody's invited. And those are those have been also really successful events. And we actually, for Fedora Linux 35, coming out real soon now, may, maybe out already by the time this podcast is out. Um, November 12th through 13th, everybody should come and see us all there. It'll be super fun. Uh, another big thing that happened, uh, we've traditionally had a thing called Fedora Women's Day, FWD, kind of celebrate that that segment of our contributor and you know user community. Uh, we expanded that this year to a Fedora Week of Diversity, where we looked at all the different 
people who contribute in different ways to Fedora all around the world with you know, different uh, perspectives and abilities and uh, just uh, so that was a really nice successful community thing that we did. Uh, and we also have some uh, community, uh, some technology-based community things which are happening. Uh, we are, for a very long time, Fedora has relied on IRC, Internet Relay Chat. Um, there was some drama in the IRC world this year, which is probably its own podcast episode somewhere. Um, and um, already in the works and hopefully launching very soon, we've got some final things to do. We actually have a matrix-based chat. Matrix is kind of a modern successor to IRC, which has more modern clients and lets you do things like, you know, have reaction emojis, which are personally very important to me. Um, but um, and kind of a more graphical uh, experience, you know, web, web browser based or its own app. Um, so we have uh, chat.fedoraproject.org. It is not officially launched, but it's kind of a soft launch. Anyone who cares enough to be listening to this podcast, um, go ahead and look at chatfedoraproject.org, even though it's not open yet. Um, and you can get your own Fedora alias and start uh, chatting that way. So I think that's going to be going to be big for just kind of community enablement. And we also have some discussion forum sites, Ask Fedora, which is a user troubleshooting site, and Fedora Discussion, which is more for project discussions. Uh, and both of those have taken off and become really, really popular. In fact, we're, um, we are hit our 500,000 a month page view limit on the Ask Fedora on the hosted plan we're paying for, had to bump that up, and we're looking kind of hitting the million page view uh, monthly limit really soon. So that's incredibly, incredibly popular. Wow. Um, that's, we'll have to figure out how to make that work, but you know, that's a good problem to have. Mm -hmm. In conclusion, there are more ways than ever this year to talk to other Fedorans. Yeah, absolutely. On the technical side, what are some big changes we've seen in Fedora, Linux, and around Fedora that you are excited about? So, uh, yeah, on the desktop side, GNOME 40 is a big change. And this is something I was actually very worried about because it's a first user, like major user interface change in GNOME since GNOME 3 came out. And when GNOME 3 came out, that was very disruptive and you know, I think bad for the distro in the way we released it because people weren't ready for that amount of change. Um, and so I was worried about that happening again. Um, but the GNOME team and, you know, the Fedora Workstation, Fedora Desktop team really put a lot of work into making sure that this change was well researched and, um, you know, well understood and would go smoothly. Um, and so that launched uh, to a pretty overwhelmingly positive reviews. So that was pretty nice and we were one of you know first major distributions to ship with that uh, now in the upcoming release that's up updated to gnome 41 which has a lot of polish uh, so i think yeah that's that's a pretty good thing uh, we also had a lot of interesting things happening in our other other distributions or other sorry our other desktop environments um kde plasma switched to wayland that's pretty cool for people who are concerned about graphics technologies uh, and then we have some kind of neat, more niche things like the i3 spin for the super um, an ultimate geeky window manager experience, I think. Uh, and then um, Kinoite, which is like silver blue with a KDE desktop for basically a container focused workflow on your desktop. Um, Both of those, so, yeah, by the way, have episodes in the Fedora podcast. Awesome. So yeah, more details available there. Uh, speaking of podcasts, 
guests, uh, we landed a new technology called Pipewire, which is a new audio subsystem. And yeah, uh, Grayson is cheering, uh, especially among you know people for whom audio is a big deal. This is a big deal. And it's actually kind of a better framework than the older Pulse Audio thing with uh, better support for containers and actually integration with video and things. So I think that's going to make the multimedia experience on Fedora Linux a lot smoother in the future, which, you know, as we're all on video calls all the time, for again the foreseeable whenever um, it's pretty important stuff so that's cool um, and it's not just all desktop like the Fedora cloud working group is really picking up with a lot of energy recently and that's really important um, I was looking at our statistics just recently and for Fedora Linux 34 15% uh, of all of the persistent systems that's basically systems that have been installed and stay running 15% of those are Fedora cloud and of systems that are ephemeral i call it they basically we see them once our we, our granularity is one week so we see a check-in one week and then we never see that system again we never see a system that says i'm here two weeks um those are uh 30 fedora cloud which kind of makes sense there are a lot of people are spinning up cloud instances for doing testing ci kind of things or they just go up to do it to do some work and then get replaced with a new launch again later but you know that's a pretty significant portion of what people are using fedora for so um, i think we're going to look you know, how to how to support that even further it's good to see that kind of growth oh man so many awesome things and we've also got Back in the Fedora podcast history, GNOME interviews, Pipewire interview, and Fedora Cloud interviews. So you can find those all in the show notes. Nice. I, good. I'm, I'm hitting the high points here. That's excellent. Is there anything that you've put extra effort into this year that you're really excited about? So I work in kind of a scattered way. There's just so much to do that it's often, I feels like, you know, the, there's an old, you know, uh, whatever vaudeville act where you've got the plates spinning on the top of broomsticks and you try to keep them all spinning so keeping a lot of plates spinning is a lot of what i do all the time um so i think uh it's not necessarily what i've done really although i hope that i've helped in doing that but again i think the community has been amazing this year and i'm really proud of everything in you know, everything everyone in fedora has done and i'm proud of where I've been able to help enable those things. I hope that's not a cop-out answer, <laughs> but I pretty strongly believe it. I think it's a great answer. Um, okay, anything else here, uh, Anything else this year that you didn't mention yet? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's been a long, long year. Um, it has I've, been. I, in my stat internal status reports, I've been putting things like March... 603rd 2020 uh so yeah uh i there's i absolutely i'm I'm sorry to anybody who i've missed your cool thing there's so many more cool things that have been happening in fedora um that i definitely care about um these are just kind of the things that came to mind at this moment i'm sure afterwards i'll be like oh yeah i should have said that but you know I'll, I'll come on again and say those things at some other point i guess for sure. This year has been a jam-packed year for Fedora. Okay, that was 2021. Do you see anything in the future that you're really excited about for Fedora? 
Um, I think the technical things will continue to grow, and I think um, we'll continue to grow as a community. Um, next year, I really hope that we can have an in-person flock to Fedora, but we will see how the world situation looks. Um, flock is supposed to be a global conference where we get people from everywhere to come together. And uh, while it might be possible to have like a US-based conference or something, I think that probably if that is all we can do, um, we, we will not call it flock because that will not be the same thing. Um, and we'll look and see what happens. But um, I'm hopeful that Maybe you know, some sometime next year we'll actually be able to look at uh, what it would be like to have an actual in-person conference again. That would be very exciting, um, and we'll continue to do the the release parties. If we're going to continue to happen virtually, that's been a huge success, and we'll continue to stay connected in that way. One thing we did was a Fedora community survey, and that's actually pretty exciting to me because I think that's like Fedora Council ticket number two from seven years ago, uh, do a Fedora user community survey. And so we did that, and uh, the results were presented at Nest, and about 400 people who identified as just Fedora Linux users, not contributors, and for Fedora, sorry, another 400 people who uh, identified as Fedora contributors as well, answered that survey, which is that's a pretty statistically significant number of people. And so uh, that's an interesting kind of baseline just about how you know people approach Fedora and how they how they feel about it. It was overwhelmingly positive, which was you know nice to see. Um, with some interesting things there. Um, that's probably some, if you're interested in the details, go, go look that up in, in the Nest talk. But just um, getting that information and using that as a you know, something we can use as a data-driven way to help grow and build the community it was kind of neat to see that finally happen. I'll find the survey and put it in the show notes for us. All right. Awesome. Cool. In the bigger picture, um, a little more than five years ago, we had an initiative called Fedora Next, which was uh, Fedora has been around for 10 years and it's going okay, but we didn't really have a plan for what to happen next. Fedora Next was that plan. It was basically, how are we going to make Fedora succeed for the next five years? Um, and I think it was very successful. Um, but now, you know, we're kind of past that. So it is actually time to figure out, like, what's our plan to succeed for the next five years, the next three years, five years? Um, kind of come up with a strategic plan for growth. And I've been looking at, you know, all this enthusiasm we have. And my goal is in three to five years to double the number of active Fedora contributors. That number right now is something like two to 400 people every week. I would like to see that be, you know, 500 to 1,000 people every week working on Fedora in an active way. Um, and correspondingly, I'd like to, you know, double, triple the number of Fedora users. So that's pretty ambitious. Um, I don't know exactly how we're going to do that. I have some ideas, but... Uh, it, and, you know, some of the, the conversation platforms I was talking about before are part of that because I think we need to grow, you know, the ways that people can communicate in order to do that. Um, and, you know, so my, some things around mentorship. I would like to have a mentor summit in Fedora so people are interested in being mentors or learning about being mentors or, you know, that, that whole uh, practice, a uh, kind of focus on growing that ability and skill set in the project. Um, but yeah, in general, I'm working on that plan. And like I said at the beginning, uh, Fedora isn't led by me coming up with ideas and telling everybody what to do. 
it's basically we as a community come up with you know, ideas for how to do this. So if you, listener, have an idea for how to help grow Fedora in that way, you know, Big ideas. Um, let's have them. And, and you know, come come to the discussion for our project at org site. That's probably there's a put our council section on there. That's probably the best place. Give us your ideas, and we'll see you know what we can do to make uh, Fedora Linux really grow and succeed in the coming years. Thank you so much, Matthew, for coming and talking to me today. Uh, this interview's been something I wanted to do for a while, and the podcast has kind of been you know offline for a little bit, but. I want to still do sporadic, fun stuff like this. So thank you for making this possible. Oh, thank you very much for having me. And I'll be happy to come back some other time and do some more as well. Thank you for listening. That was the randomly appearing Christmas this year in Fedora episode. Please visit podcast.fedoraproject.org to find the show notes and all the other episodes that we talked about during this episode. Also, make sure you subscribe so that if I release another one of these type of episodes, you'll see it as soon as it comes out. I'm your host, Grayson. Thanks to Destination Linux Network for being our podcast network, and thanks to Tricknology for our music. If you enjoyed this podcast but feel like you need more Linux podcasts, make sure to check out DLN, as they have many. Please subscribe, and we'll see you at some point in the future.